0: The Nashville Predators needed a bounce-back performance Saturday against the St. Louis Blues, and they got it with a 5-2 win. The Predators are two points outside of a playoff spot. Does this change what Barry Trotz does at the deadline? We'll talk about that today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators Podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, we're going to kick off this Monday episode the way we do every episode, and that's by giving a special shout out to our Locked On Predheads, our everydayers who tune in to talk Nashville Predators hockey with us. We thank you for your support and we love that we get to spend a little bit of your day with you. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the hockey news and we have a lot to dive into on this Monday morning. This episode is going to have a much different tone than Friday's episode after that horrific nine to two Dallas stars loss Saturday afternoon, the Preds beat the blues on the road. We're going to recap that game And it is Monday, and that means plus minus today as well. Before we dive into all that, though, I do want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So the Nashville Predators bounced back after what can only be called an abysmal loss on Thursday. And this performance against the Dallas Stars was addressed before Saturday's game in a number of ways. First of all, in the locker room, Andrew Brunette did not leave the conversations up to the captain and the leaders in the locker room. He really spoke to the team and, and let them know what he expected from them. It was also addressed at Friday's practice. Friday's episode was recorded before I went to morning skate. And I got to tell you, Friday's practice was one for the, for the ages, really. They did a lot of skating. They did um, some really hard drills. They do a drill. Uh, we saw an in training camp where the Predators partner up with somebody. All of them have a partner around the boards and they do puck battle, board battle for like 30 seconds to a minute. And then Andrew Brunette blows the whistle and one of them skates, you know, speed skates around the rink, comes back and they start the whole thing over again. And they just alternate who sprints around the rink. So they did that, which we have not seen that exercise probably since training camp. Uh, also, like I said, it was an all out practice. So they worked really hard on Friday. I was a little nervous that maybe they had worked too hard because they went right from practice to the airport to St. Louis but clearly it paid off. It was also addressed publicly. Andrew Brunette was very upfront with the media about his comments Thursday night after that Dallas loss about this team and their mindset in their focus. So went into the St. Louis game knowing that the Predators really understood what their coach thought of Thursday night, what he was expecting from them, and they delivered. I have to say, Going into Saturday's game, I was pretty nervous. I thought, you know what, this is going to be a hard game to bounce back from. That was one of the Predators' worst losses in franchise history, the worst loss at home at Bridgestone Arena. And your bounce-back game is a team in the Central Division battling for a playoff spot with who is playing their best hockey of the season. The Blues had won eight out of their last ten come Saturday's game. So I was like, can they actually bounce back in this game? Well, the Predators did. They defeated the Blues again, five to two. We're going to walk through just a real quick recap in case you missed the game. Then we're going to talk about what some takeaways are from this game. Game started off. Colton Sissons got the Predators on the board first, intercepting a pass as the Blues tried to exit the defensive zone. He ended up scoring at 411. Jordan Kairou scored in the last second of a five-on-three late in the first period to make it a one-to-one score after one. Luke Evangelista gave the Predators the lead back on a breakaway chance off of an errant Blues pass, and he beat Jordan Bennington to make it 2-1. Philip Forsberg added a third-period power play goal, and just over a minute later, Luke Shen scored his first goal as a Predator to make it a 4-1 game. Blues got it back to within two goals as the puck bounced off of Nathan Walker at 12.52 and passed Soros. UC Soros made some incredible vintage Soros saves under pressure as time started to wind down in the third period. The Blues went empty net with four minutes to go, but it was Ryan O'Reilly who scored. He scored an empty net goal to make the final score five to two in favor of Nashville. Here at On Predators, of course, we do our one word to describe the game. My one word to describe that St. Louis Blues win is saging the room. And for those of you who may not know, saging a room is actually a traditional practice. It's Interesting, it is across a number of cultures at all different time periods in history. But you burn sage, and the theory is that you're going to cleanse and purify a space. And it helps to kind of clear negative energy. It promotes positive energy in the space. And I think this was interesting. I looked into it. There's actually some scientific research as to why this may actually be a thing. Um, Like burning sage can clear up to 94% of airborne bacteria. It disinfects the air. It also, when you burn it, it releases negative ions, which when burned and then you kind of breathe in the negative ions, it improves mood little bit of trivia for you. So I really feel like the St. Louis Blues game, this was a game where the Nashville Predators really saged the room. Because let me tell you, after the Dallas loss, there was a lot of funk surrounding the Predators. But this was a really great game. They came out, they played well from the get-go. They really dominated in that game for the majority of it. They played the way you expect the Nashville Predators to play against a very good team. So with that being said, the question now becomes, Okay, the Dallas loss indicated that Barry Trotz needs to sell. Does this Blues win change what Barry Trotz is likely to do at the trade deadline? I liken this moment for Barry Trotz to a moment in the classic amazing movie, Braveheart with Mel Gibson. There's a moment in this movie where the English cavalry is kind of bearing down on William Wallace and his little ragtag Scottish army. You know, the Scots are very clearly very nervous about what's going to happen. These horses are coming. These soldiers with lances are coming at them. But William Wallace stands there with them and he says, hold hold, hold, but there is a now moment. And when that happens in the movie, the Scots drop their weapons and they pick up these wooden spikes. They end up impaling the British cavalry horses, which is a little bit dark, but just go with me that there is a moment where the action starts and it becomes sort of this battle. This may be a hold, hold moment for Barry Trotz, but Ultimately, the action is going to come. I don't think that this Blues win is necessar- necessarily going to change dramatically the plans that Barry Trotz has at the trade deadline. I do think you're still going to see some pieces sold off. I don't think that the Predators are suddenly going to become buyers to make this amazing push for the playoffs. Of course, we're going to keep our eye on all of that because the trade deadline is coming up March 8th. So we're getting into the period of time where we're all going to be refreshing our Twitter feeds and checking in with the team. And of course, when this all starts, keep it here at Lockdown Predators because, you know, we'll have all of the details and all the information as the news breaks. But let's talk about takeaways from this game. I think the most important takeaway is that the effort and the mindset was there. That was, again, a huge emphasis after that Dallas loss. There was a clear difference in the way the Predators approached that Dallas game and performed versus how they approached and executed against the St. Louis Blues The Lou Korak, who is a coworker of mine at the hockey news covers the St. Louis blues. And he talked with Jake neighbors on what was missing for the blues in Saturday's game. And this is what Jake neighbors said. He said, I thought just energy and compete. That's the biggest thing was energy though. You know, the predators really out competed the blues. They really came with that energy and that focus and that mindset. And you see what happens. Bruno sent a very clear message. The team seemed to receive it. Let's see what happens coming up in these next couple of games they have. Another takeaway, we have to talk about UC Soros' performance. Ended the game with a 946 save percentage, made 35 of 37 saves. You know, again, <clears throat> back to that vintage Soros. You know, he had periods in this game where he made multiple saves in a row, huge series of saves in the third period before the Blues went empty net, he made a save on a penalty shot, You know, had a great save on a two-on-one chance where Buchnevich ended up shooting. Um, and just, if you watch just that particular play and you see him move from side to side in that net, you see that was Saros at you know, some of his best performance you know, So I think it's really important to give a shout out to UC Soros because, again, it's somebody we've talked about this season up and down. This was Soros on his game. There is another overarching takeaway that I want to talk about that I think is really important for this Predators team. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. And then we're going to dive into our Monday plus minus as well. First, though, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is now offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did that Valentine's Day gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? You can get the couples and family online seminar for 20 25% off for the month of February using our discount code LockedOn. Again, that's discount code locked on for 25% off for the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca or mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar, and you can receive the first five profiles free. Again, check this all out at Caminoconsulting.ca. So we're talking about takeaways from the Predators 5-2 win against the St. Louis Blues. I do want to end on what I think is a really important takeaway for the Predators, and that is that there was an impact up and down the lineup against St. Louis. We've talked about needing more from this team, not relying offensively only on that top line. We've talked about needing better from the defense. We've talked about consistency in net. This was a game where you saw all of those things really come together pretty well. We had goals from Luke Evangelista, from Colton Sissons. Hey, Luke Shen, with your first Nashville Predators goal, we see you. Philip Forsberg scored on the power play. Special teams has been something that has needed to improve and contribute to games. A couple other players that I thought were really good, I thought Dante Fabro had a very good game. Uh, He had an excellent play to break up a two-on-one chance uh, in front of Saros, which I thought was terrific. And I want to give him a special shout out because he played such a great game after having been a healthy scratch for for a decent stretch. So he came back in the lineup and really played like he had not missed a beat. So I thought Fabro, that was one of his best games that we've seen. Yakov Trenin, man, it's been a tough season for Trenin, but he was noticeable out there. It didn't have any points, but he was, you know, noticeable playing uh, McDonough, Lazon Sherwood each had an assist. I think it's interesting. I think Andrew Brunette felt good about the lineup up and down this roster because nobody played less than 12 minutes and 28 seconds in this game where we've seen games where there are players who maybe get eight and a half minutes when it's close, they don't take shifts that didn't happen in this game. Mark Jankowski was the one who had the least amount of ice time, 12 minutes and 28 seconds, but, You know, everybody was contributing. Everybody was consistently rolling out onto the ice and taking shifts. And I think that speaks well of the team and of the confidence that Andrew Burnett had and what he was seeing. As a side note, Sunday, the Nashville Predators did reassign Mark Jankowski back to Milwaukee. We're going to wait and see if there's some sort of corresponding move coming from the Predators as they head out against some of these uh, Western teams. Gonna wait and see what happens with that, but I thought Jankowski had um, a you know a good game. It was tough to play that Dallas game for sure. Igor Afanasiev was a healthy scratch against the Blues. Let's see if he gets back into the lineup on this road trip as well. It is of course Monday, and you know here at Locked On Predators on Monday, it's time to do plus minus. We give a plus for things that we liked throughout the last week. And we give a minus to those, shall we say, areas of improvement that we want to see. We, of course, are hoctimus. So we start out with a plus. And here's what I'm going to say before we even start this, friends. I know some of you are going to say, no, 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 this is a minus. Said with love, but you all are wrong. I'm going to give the first plus to Michael McCarron's contract extension. And I can hear you going, oh, but let me explain why this is a plus. On Friday, the Predators announced that they had signed UFA. He was going to be a UFA coming up. Michael McCarran to a two-year, $1.8 million deal. McCarran was on a one-year, $775,000 deal this season, kind of a prove-it season, A Couple things I want to say about this deal. First of all, timing matters and love the Predators organization. But the timing on this was just woof. This was announced the day after the Dallas game. And so it appeared like the Nashville Predators lost nine to two to the Dallas Stars. And Barry Trotz looked around and said, you know what would make this better? Michael McCarron for two more years. That's not what happened. Um, we talked with McCarran Friday after practice and these negotiations had started back when Cole Smith's talks had started. this has been something that had been in the works for quite a while and was a done deal well before it was announced. I don't quite know why it was announced the day that it was because you know just it looks bad announcing any contract signing after a nine to two loss but just so that you know, this was not a response signing to the Dallas game. This was something that had taken place before that. This is why it is a plus for me and, and really should be a plus for Nashville Predators fans. You know, fans may not be impressed with McCarron, may say, Oh, I don't like his game. You know, he, you know, taking the spot of somebody who could be better. But he took a one-year deal and he showed improvement and he showed what he contributed to this team. I refer to Michael McCarron as the Liam Neeson from Taken of this Nashville Predators roster. He has a particular set of skills, my friends. You know, this is somebody who, whether you like him or not... Everybody has to admit that this is a guy who in a puck battle is likely to come away with a puck. Like he goes after pucks. He also defends teammates. He's a little bit of the enforcer. I know we have Jeremy Lazon, but usually Lazon is busy defending himself after hits. So you got to have the other guy who looks out for his players. You've got Michael McCarron. You also need somebody who accepts his role and relishes what he can contribute. And Michael McCarran is that greasy net front goal guy. He is not somebody who is going to turn into Philip Forsberg, and everybody knows that. But the role that he plays offensively is one that matters. You know, he's tied his uh, career high this season in goals. I imagine he's going to surpass it. And he's not going to wow you offensively. He said to me one time, I'm never going to be the guy that, you know, gets the puck at the blue line, deeks around defenders and scores, which now, of course, I sit and wait for it to happen just for spite. But this is somebody who is okay being the guy in front of the net, doing the, the hard work, doing the greasy goals. He also is important on the penalty kill. And, He's an energy guy. And I know people say, look, come on, this is not a big deal, but it matters. You know, you have, I'm sure, seen the videos that the Predators put out of McCarran pre-game before they get right out on the ice. This is a culture guy. And you may not believe it on the ice, uh, but he really is. Like, he is very well respected in that locker room. He is very well liked and valued in the locker room. And he brings an energy. He's also not taking space from a young player. You know, you look at the players in Milwaukee and you might think, well, Zachary LaRue could come up and be like that sandpaper physical net front player. He could be, but they want Zachary LaRue to eventually be a top six guy. And Michael McCarran is not going to be a top six guy. You've got to have some of that. So I like this signing. I think it is a plus that the Nashville Predators signed McCarran. It's a two-year deal. Hardly moves the needle, really, when it comes to taking up a ton of cap space for the Nashville Predators, and I think it buys you that specific skill set for two seasons, and then let's see what the Predators have. I also want to give a plus to another UFA coming up who hasn't been signed yet making me a little nervous. And that's Tommy Novak. Tommy Novak has five points in his last five games. He had goals this past week against New Jersey and against Dallas. He has had a tough stretch of hockey this season. He's had inconsistent play since he left with injury and came back and you did kind of start to worry, like, is Tommy Novak going to get a deal? When you looked at the long list of UFAs, Tommy Novak was that Vivian Ward, I'm a sure thing when it comes to getting a contract. But you began to wonder, like, is he not going to earn one? But I do think he's starting to get back to that offensive player that they saw in him. He's back to kind of showing that playmaking a Ability, He is going to need to continue on that trajectory of getting back to his groove for the Predators. I think they have tough games coming up against like Vegas, against the LA Kings. So let's see how he does there. But it's interesting to note that Tommy Novak actually plays pretty well against top teams and against really good goaltenders. If you look back at the games in which he has scored, he scored twice against Edmonton, Tampa Bay, Seattle, twice against Dallas, Arizona the New Jersey Devils, some teams that are pretty good, some teams that have some pretty good goaltending going on this season. So let's keep an eye on Tommy Novak. But this past week, I think his play has earned him a plus. Do have to talk about a minus. You know, it breaks my little heart, but let's just be honest about some things. I'm giving a minus this week to our top line at five-on-five play. Uh, Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Gus Nyquist combined for one point at five-on-five play this week. Now, Ryan O'Reilly and Forsberg each had a power play goal. Ryan O'Reilly had an empty net goal. But when we're talking five-on-five play, the three combined for one assist. Now, I know that teams are really focusing on that top line because they have basically been Nashville's only scoring line for a long time. But if this is a line that is going to consistently get shut down, it might be time to think about breaking that line up when it comes to five on five play. And that's something that we may talk about a little bit later this week on another episode. Let's see how the game against Vegas goes tomorrow night, maybe how the LA Kings game goes later in this week. But it might be time to think about Kind of spreading the love when it comes to Forsberg, O'Reilly, and Nyquist, because you've got to get five on five scoring. And they have really struggled to get that when they're playing together. So for me, that was a minus this week. You know, coming up, we do have some more pluses and minuses. And then we have one that we've got to talk about that I can't decide if it's a plus or minus, and I might need your help weighing in on this one. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a minute. First, though, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Regardless of where the predators are in the current standings, I do want to remind you that you can be a big winner playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. So today is President's Day. You know we are going to have hockey all afternoon. So this is a great time to download the Sleeper app and take your shot at winning big right away. All you have to do with sleeper is pick whether players will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more. To win that 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's right. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big. Use our promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. So coming up later this week, of course, we're going to preview Nashville's games. They are on a West road trip, and we have a special episode dropping this week that I'm very, very excited about. I was joined by my great friend, Erica Ayala. She covers a ton of women's professional hockey, and she joined me to do a PWHL primer for our listeners. I can't wait for you all to check that out later on this week. Right now, though, we have to continue our plus minus, and I have such an obvious minus that we're going to talk about, and that, my friends, is Jordan Bennington and his petty, tiny behavior. Luke Evangelista in the game Saturday scored on a breakaway on Jordan Binnington. He had a great move. He kind of paused and froze Binnington and then shot around the back of him to score to give Predators a two-to-one lead. Later, as the game was winding down and it became obvious that the Blues weren't going to be able to come back, uh, Evangelista skated around back behind the net and Jordan Bennington kind of reached out his stick and hit him in the face. He was whistled for a high sticking penalty. Of course, some people online felt that um, it was an accident. Uh, I saw some Blues fans saying, hey, he was checking with his stick to see where the bars were on the net. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sunday, player safety find him $5,000, the maximum amount allowable under the CBA for the hit. Blues fans again, it was an accident. It was an accident. He was checking to see where he was in the net. Look, here's the deal. Perhaps, perhaps it was an accident. I think we all know it probably wasn't, but perhaps it was an accident. But here's what's real. Jordan Binnington is a goaltender who has played dirtier than Pigpen from Peanuts in a lot of games. He definitely is somebody who pushes the envelope. He sometimes in doing that crosses a line. And here's what's real. That's okay. Like, if you're a Blues fan and you're like, you know what, I love that our goaltender plays with a little bit of uh, an edge to him. And, yeah, you know what, sometimes he crosses a line, but I like that and and it gives our team something. Like, that's okay. Like, if if you're like, hey, I like that our goaltender can be a little bit of an instigator and maybe border on being a chump sometimes, that is absolutely okay. You can like that totally fine, but don't come online and act righteously indignant when somebody calls him out. Like, you can be okay with the way that he plays and say it gives and adds something to the blues, and that's okay. You can say, hey, this spade is a spade, but you can't be mad when somebody else goes, hey, that's a spade, you know? And here's what's real. Every fan base has a small minority that's just too loud that kind of comes off like yutzes you know it's like a a family reunion and the drunk uncle and what's real is the predators we have that too we can't act like we don't have a small minority group of fans who go online and just say dumb things but we heard from the drunk uncle of the blues online and look we just all need to agree blues fans preds fans everyone alike. That Bennington is one of those players who likes to get under other players' skin. That's okay. Sometimes he can cross that line. Okay. But when somebody else says, hey, you crossed the line, like, let's just own that and not be the drunk uncle online. Now, here is one that I have no idea what to do with. Is this a plus? Is this a minus? I am completely torn and I would love to get your feedback on this one. Um, Elliot Friedman on Sunday reported that um, he had spoken with Barry Trotz and that Nashville, who is headed to Vegas, was scheduled to see you two perform at the Sphere sometime maybe before the game, after the game, we don't know, in Vegas. Well, Barry Trotz canceled the tickets for the Nashville Predators because he felt like there were effort and mindset issues with the team since the break. And friends, I got mixed feelings on this one. You know, for one thing, you know, Bruno talked about it in his quote after the Dallas game, he said, it's not about the things around hockey. It is about hockey. You have to be about hockey. And especially this time of year, you know, this is what's important. And I get that. You can also, and I think all of us can think of a situation where we have over marinated in something and maybe you lose perspective over marinating, getting burned out. So I kind of am like, all right, I get it. I, I definitely see we've had mindset effort issues. Okay, I get that. The other thing is there have to be pockets of time where these players are something other than hockey players. And I know that's probably controversial. But there are times where these guys have to be able to be something else besides hockey players. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear pundits talk about, you know, you, you got to get them away from their families because families are a distraction. My friends, families are their legacy, It is not their statistics. It is not any of that. Their legacy is their family. So you can take this way too far for me. But in Trotz's defense, Barry Trotz talked about, look, this is culture. And because the team is in a reset, because the team has some young players, I think it's more about the timing and establishing a set of standards. So with these young players, he wants to say, hey, You've got to be about the focus that winning demands, especially at this time of year. But it also feels a little parental. And and I don't know. I just don't know how to read this one. So I feel really torn. I can't tell if I'm like, yeah, you did Barry Trotz. Like, let's. Let's let's take this seriously. Or if I'm like, okay, come on, seriously, like going to a U2 concert. Is that really going to wreck the rest of the season? I feel torn on this one. So I would love to get your takes on this. You know, should the Predators should this be a plus? Should this be a minus? I would really love to know what you think. Last, real quick, have to give a plus. And you're probably tired of hearing this plus. But what can I say? They keep doing it. Plus to the Milwaukee Admirals. They, on Saturday, won their 16th game in a row. Yaroslav Askarov had a shutout, his fourth this season. Phil Tomasino scored two goals. Ty Feliber scored two goals. And they won this game. They won games 15 and 16 without their two leading scorers, Mark Jankowski and Igor Afanasyev. They play this afternoon at 2 p.m. You can catch the game on AHL TV. There's a subscription, but I believe you can... Play. You can pay for just a game and not the season, but double check me on that. You can also listen to the game online at the Big 920 um, and on the iHeartRadio app. Get to know these Milwaukee Admirals players because there are a crop of young players down there working really hard to earn their chance in the NHL. Tomorrow night, Nashville Predators are going to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Puck drop is going to be tomorrow night at 9 p.m., so plan your evening and your nap time accordingly. Of course, we're going to be recapping these road trip games and following along on any moves that Barry Trotz may make as that March 8th deadline creeps. Closer, you can check all of that out. You can check out any news breaking like that um, online. We're on social media at LO underscore predators. You can follow my work at insidethepreds.com. Of course, check out this podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe so you know every time we have our new episode dropping Monday through Friday. That's going to do it for today's episode. We thank you so much again for making us your first listen of the day. We're going to be back tomorrow with an all new episode. Hope you all have a great Monday and we'll see you then.